Welcome to Step Up, the podcast where we learn to advocate like a woman. I'm your host, Ellen Troxclair. Each week, we talk to a different leader about how she became active in policy and politics. Whether it's joining an organization or running for office, I hope you come away feeling not only supported and inspired, but determined to step up and be a part of shaping your community and country. Hi, I'm Ellen Troxclair, and I'm thrilled that you're joining me for the inaugural episode of Step Up, How to Advocate Like a Woman. I'm a wife, a mom, a small business owner, and a senior fellow at the Texas Public Policy Foundation. I also have the unique honor of being the youngest woman to have ever been elected to the Austin City Council. What's funny about that is that Austin is an incredibly liberal city. It is the blueberry and the tomato soup, as Rick Perry is fond of calling it. And yet, I'm a conservative. So out of the 11 members of our city council, I was the lone voice for anybody right of center. Um, regardless of what the issue was that we were talking about, there were lots of 10-1 votes, and I was often the lonely number one. So I'm starting this podcast because throughout the years that I was able to serve on the city council, um, I really had a platform to talk about all kinds of issues uh, across the spectrum from, um, you know, budgets and taxes to homelessness and how to solve our social social issues, um, state versus local preemption, and a vast array of other topics that we dealt with on the Austin city council. Um, And even though I had this unique platform and even though I was doing my best to uh, speak out in a in a clear and concise and articulate way and compassionate way, um, I often felt completely um, ignored or belittled, uh, disregarded. Um, And if I felt like that, if I was a person who had run for office, had won my election Uh, represented nearly 100,000 people in my district. How did other women feel out there who who were just like me? Um, When you you get on your social media, do you feel completely overwhelmed by opinions from the other side of of the aisle um, that not only are disagreeing with you, but doing so in uh, a way that makes you feel so isolated and so alone? Um, I feel women, I've talked to women who, you know, they're afraid to speak up at even dinner conversations because they don't want their waiter to overhear their political views Um, or on the sideline of their kids' soccer games. They're talking in hushed voices because they don't want others around them to judge. And so how, how, how is this possible that there's so many of us out there that share these same views, but yet we have been so discouraged that we feel so alone. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a sleeping giant of conservative women from across the country. And, and even more, there are inspiring stories from women leaders who not, didn't ever set out to become um, elected officials. They didn't ever set out to maybe change the world. They just took the next step. They got frustrated about an issue that was happening in their local community, and they took the next step, whether it was uh, joining an organization on an issue that they cared about, whether it was setting up a meeting with their city council member or their state legislator, um, or 
going ahead and running for office, which is exactly what I did with no uh, particular qualifications or experience. Um, I just got fed up with the, the lack of representation on, on the city council. So these, these women that I'm talking about, they are already providing leadership and compassion and, and tenacity uh, to their families and to our families and to our communities. But we need to do more to provide those, that same action to our democracy. I know that we all care about what our kids are being taught in school. I know that we are all um, worried about the direction of our country uh, and don't often agree with the, the rhetoric, the divisive rhetoric that we hear on a daily basis coming from the 24-hour news cycle. Uh, but what do you do about it? So many, so many of us feel, feel lost and just don't know what the next step is. So this podcast um, will hopefully leave you feeling insp- inspired and supported. You'll hear from women who are serving in all kinds of different leadership roles all across the country, hear how they first got involved. Um, I feel like I have an unlikely story of going from just a, a lowly capital staffer to uh, the only conservative on the Austin City Council. Um, but so many in talking to these other women, so many of them feel the same way. They feel they di- they didn't have a special degree from a university. They didn't feel particularly qualified to serve in the role that they are. But the reality is, is that they were and they did. And the fact that they just cared enough to take the next step in their journey is what is allowing them to help shape our communities, our states and our country for the better. And I didn't come from a particularly political family. We certainly talked at the dinner table about, you know, what current events and what was going on. You know, they didn't have probably two pennies to rub together. I, I know that my I've heard stories of my mom's original wedding ring just kind of completely falling apart because it wasn't real. <laughs> uh, and, and yet they really kind of personified the American dream of um, getting an education, paying their way through school, working hard, um, climbing, you know, climbing whatever ladder they needed to climb in order to, to bring home a paycheck for the family. Um, and provided, really, my brother and I with uh, a, a very blessed upbringing. I went to the University of Texas, and while I was there, I got an internship at the Capitol. You know, it was just a few blocks away, and even though, um, you know, I didn't know that much about politics, I thought it would be an interesting opportunity. And so I took an unpaid inter- internship, working, you know, as much as I could during the week, between classes and, and what have you. Um, ultimately, ultimately, I was so excited. My first paycheck, uh, they decided to pay me $400 a month, which was, which was great. I was at least earning a little bit of money. And after graduation, I was lucky enough to find a full-time job there where I eventually met my husband, both capital staffers, you know, not, this is, this is a kind of a low, (laughs) low paid government job over here. Very, we, we both loved our work and loved what we did, but you know, we were 20, well, I guess we were, yeah, in, in our early 20, I, I was 24 when we got married. Um, and I never wanted to be in politics. Like 
as as the main as the person running on the ballot, you know, I was happy to be the policy person. I found it interesting. Um, I liked being around it, but I was always happy to be in the background, always happy to be um, the person kind of in the office doing the policy research or um, building relationships in order to better understand an issue um, or writing an op ed that you know my that whoever I was working for could could publish about their thoughts on a topic. Um, but I never wanted to be the person who had to actually stand up in front of the crowd. I, I mean, even though I was working at the state level, so I, you know, I, I paid attention I, a little bit to local politics, but I wasn't in any way involved or invested, uh, in city level politics. Um, but I, th- I, re- I did realize that this was a really good opportunity to elect people who better represented us, you know, who were going to talk about, spending and taxes and the cost of living in Austin and how it was going up so quickly that we were really driving the people that made this city so unique out. Uh, So we looked at who was running um, and I realized that none of the people that were running who were running really had that same, they they weren't talking about those same, those things either. They were kind of just more of what we had had previously. And of course, I got to know them all, and they're all very nice people. Um, but at the time, you know, there were four people in the race, and I thought, how? Why is, no, why is nobody talking about the issues that I see really as the tipping point for, for our city? Uh, and don't get me wrong, I love Austin. It is, it is unique. It is full of culture. It is full of nature and beauty. Uh, but ultimately people are being taxed out of their homes. And so I don't, I don't, I don't want to live in California. I could, I would move there if I wanted to live in California. I don't want to live there. I like living in Texas. Um, I like being able to afford uh, my home and property taxes were doubling every nine years. So that's eight, eight 8% year over year is, is pretty much what we were on track, what we were, what we were facing. Uh, and who, who do you know that gets an 8% pay raise every single year uh, for nine years. You know, that's not, it's, it, it wasn't in keeping up with people's ability to pay. And um, that really frustrated me and more than, and, and, and saddened me really. And so um, not knowing, you know, we thought, okay, well, we'll find the candidate that we like and we'll put some money, we'll pull some money from our friends and go give them a donation and go volunteer for them. That's the least that we can do. But unfortunately, we just didn't find the candidate that we identified with. And so, I, I mean, I literally woke up one morning and said, well, I can't complain if I'm not willing to step up and do something about it. And, um, you know, I, I have to be willing to be a part of the solution. And my husband, I mean, so, so supportive of me, no matter what I wanted to do, but was really concerned that I was just making a, a decision <laughs> that was not that was not really what I wanted to do. Um, and he said, well, I, I mean, you've never talked about wanting to run for office before. Are you sure you want to do this? You know, it's going to be really difficult. Um, you know, you know, you've been around it. You know what it takes to put your family through a campaign and um, how hard it is and how much public speaking you're going to have to do. Um and I just was so, I don't know what got into me. It must have been a God thing because 
I just was so determined. And I, we, I, I mean, I didn't have a whole lot left. I, I didn't have any time to think about it anyway. We were right up against the filing deadline. Um, if I was going to run it all, if I was going to have any chance, I needed to go ahead and um, get my name on the ballot and, and get, get campaigning, get out there. And I... I didn't have, I hired a campaign manager. I didn't have a consultant like my other candidate, like the other candidates did. I just went out there and talked about property taxes because that's what I cared about. And I think I was so genuine. Um, and it's like almost my inexperience or my, my, uh, you know, inarticulateness speaking to crowds, like people understood it. People identified with it. They saw that I was coming from the right, from a good place. And they saw, um, that I was just trying to, to, to do something to change the course of our city. One of the very first speaking engagements that I did, I spoke to a local Republican club and a few people who were there decided even though my speech was horrible, even though I stammered and did not get my point across, uh, they, for some reason, believed in me. And they came up to me afterwards and they said, Ellen, we want to help you. What can we do? And they became my core volunteer supporters who absolutely were with me 100% of the way. And I just don't know if I could have done it without them. They, um, I, I knew that in order to be a successful candidate, I had to knock on as many doors as I could and talk to as many voters as I could. I spent endless hours in the parking lot of Randall's grocery store where I, I talked to vote. Talk, well, they weren't vote. They might not have been voters. They, I, they were people who were going into Randall's for one reason or another. But during early voting, uh, I said, hi, I'm Ellen Troxclair. I'm running for Austin city council. I'd love it if you'd vote for me. Um, and we stayed on message. I mean, that was the, the most important thing was that we, we stayed on message. We, I, I knew why I was getting into the race, and that's what I talked about. And I wasn't trying to come up with talking points. I wasn't trying to fabricate a story or come up with a position on issues that just really um, I didn't think were impactful. I just kind of always took it back to... It, none, none of the rest of it matters if we can't afford to live here. Um, and I was able to own that message. And the other candidates, you know, were, were focused on other places. And ultimately, ultimately I won. Um, I won the general election. It came in first. But because of the, there were five of us in the race, nobody got 50%. So therefore, we had to go to a runoff. And do you know how hard it is to get people out to the polls on December, I think it was December like 14th, December 12th. Um, man, uh, you think it's you think we have low voter turnout in our regular elections? Try getting people out to the polls for a local special election near Christmas. Um, but but we did, we did, and um, ultimately I won by 56 votes, which is the slimmest margin in Austin history. And so I think what I'm trying to say is there are so many different ways to make an impact. Of course, of course, I'm going to, we need more, we need more women to run for office. I mean, there, there's no question that we are being left out of conversations that are really critical to our future and really critical to our families. And we cannot expect to be, be a part of forming the future of our country. If we're, if we're, if we're not in the, 
in the room, if we're not at the table. Um, so definitely running for office is something that I'm always going to encourage people to think about. But I know that that's so daunting. I know that that's a really big ask. And a lot of people don't know where to start. So I think it's also important to reiterate that there are a million ways uh, for you to get involved. Um, I would say one of the first steps is, you know, other other than kind of reading your local news, seeing um, what kind of publications really f- keep you the best informed is making sure that you know who all of your le- elected officials are and reaching out to them and scheduling a meeting with them. Uh, I think constituents are still the most effective lobbyists that we have. Um, they really, you're, you have the power to vote for your elected officials and they care about what you think. And so, especially at the local level where, you know, you don't, it's not like you're flying to DC. I'm talking about find out who your school board member is, find out who your city council member is, your county commissioner, those people, um, you should know who they are and they should know who you are. So scheduling a, a, a meeting to talk to them about an issue that's important to you is a great way to get started. Uh, beyond that, joining an organization, like there are there there are a million different issues out there, right? Some people um, really care about school choice because they want their kid and other kids just like them to get the best education possible. Um, for me, again, it was it was property taxes. But what is it that really motivates you or frustrates you? And then find the organization that is being doing effective work in that area um, and join and fig- and figure out how you can be a part of the solution. Do you have a story or a question you want answered? Send me a note at ellen at stepuppodcast.com. Also, give Step Up a rating and review in Apple Podcasts so we can reach and inspire more women. Don't forget to subscribe. I'm Ellen Troxclair. Thanks for listening. Now go advocate like a woman.